What's good, Internet? I am Alex Arona, host of the NPR Illinois podcast, Super GG Radio. We have an extra, extra, extra special episode this week. Uh, I don't, well, whenever this airs, mind you. Uh, it's a Halloween spooky, spooky episode. And with me, as always, my co-host, uh, here for the werewolf bar mitzvah, Joel DeWitt. No, there, there's no werewolves or bar mitzvahs in what we're about to talk about. Hey, Getty Mazeltov, Getty's also here. Uh, I don't know where th- this introduction is kind of spooky. Is Did I miss something? <laughs> Joel, throw in werewolf bar mitzvah in the background of this. <laughs> I mean, I mean, NBC might, might get mad, but still. What, what is werewolf bar mitzvah? Oh, is man. that a real thing? Yes, it is. Well, it's, it's a joke song. All right, everybody, move over to Google and check yeah. out <laughs> werewolf it's, bar mitzvah. It's uh, boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. There you go. <laughs> Seems problematic. Well, uh, just to kind of keep going with problematic. No, not really. We're gonna stay <laughs> off problematic topics. Uh, we pl- this special episode we picked last last year. We brought our favorite spooky, spooky games. This year, we brought one spooky game. We all played it. We sat down, turned the lights down low. I did it this time, Getty. I turned the lights down. Don't look at me that way. I'm so proud of you. I see you. I did it. I turned the lights down. I even moved the meter to where I could barely see the icon to know that I was doing the appropriate darkness level. And headphones, too. These games headphones. only work if you put the headphones on and play it that way. So that when far. your significant other walks in the room and you're facing the monitor or the television, you jump out of your chair or fall because of how frightening and jarring it is to see something in your peripherals. That's just a true story. Yeah. Every time. This year, we played Amnesia Dark Descent. Amnesia Dark Descent coming out of Frictional Games, based in Sweden, uh, came out in 2010 uh, for PC, uh, and uh, for and later on came to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, but originally a PC game. Uh, it was not the first game to do this, but it was one of the cult innovators, the people to bring this mechanic to the forefront, the genre of game where you have a monster creature... And you have no way to defend yourself. The only way to, to, is to hide. Run away and hide until the monster passes by. And that is what sets Amnesia apart. Not the first game, but the first one to really bring it out into the mainstream. Now, See, I, uh, I have a cu- solid advice to live on. Yeah. Just hide and avoid the monster. <laughs> uh, previously titled Un- uh, Unknown and Lux... Tenebras. 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 Sounds right. Um, Let's start with talking about what Amnesia the Dark Descent is. Uh, Joel, can you tell me a little bit about what the game is as far as gameplay is concerned? Word picture. Word picture. I I didn't want to say it. Joel, paint me a word picture. I'll I'll, I'll go in broad strokes. Uh, So Amnesia the Dark Descent is a first-person game. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is first-person view. It's not a shooter. Like you said, you, you have no attack at all. It is, it's very much like a, a 3D puzzle game to me. Like it's, you're, you're walking from section to section. There's usually some form of puzzles, items to pick up to interact with those puzzles to open the doorway onto the next sequence of events. 
they use that stretcher to tell a story about a character who is waking up, not knowing who he is, and stumbling through this castle. A quick sidebar yes. for listeners. Joel's favorite trope in video games is amnesia. <laughs> so we kind of were picking on him this year by selecting this game. Well, that is the primary <laughs> yeah. like, story beat. The, you have the, the whole story amnesia. is based on the idea that you have amnesia. Yeah. But yeah. it is, it's... It, as we find out, it is a choice. <laughs> Strangely enough. In, in, in one of the few events in history, it was a choice to have amnesia. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know, guys. The The gameplay itself, the movement, the structure of po- puzzle solving is part of it. But really where it comes into play and makes it something interesting and special is the fear factor, the monster chasing you around, the, the lighting that is very, very dark if you choose to play it that way. The default settings are dark. And the whole way that the stuff for horror works is that there's a light mechanic. And so anytime that you're away from a light source for long enough, there's this insanity meter that starts getting worse and worse. And as it gets bad, things start happening around you. So the... the periphery you'll see sort of like blurring a little bit and then when you try to turn left or right or up or down there's also sort of a blur motion as you move yeah. and it doesn't it doesn't stop so it'll like keep sliding if you don't pull it back with your stick uh i'm not sure what else there was definitely a lot of like freakiness with these monsters walking around yeah San- sanity is lost if you're staying in the dark or staring at the monsters if you stare at the monsters your sanity meter gets hit pretty hard exactly that's one right. of the things that really makes the game frightening is if you try and hide in the dark that can have negative repercussions to your sanity but even if the monster is a little bit in frame or even a quarter quarter corner whatever you want to say of him like the tiniest sliver you can see him you start to go crazy and i don't know if you guys got like right up on top of the monster he was scary like real scary (laughs) Not voluntarily. I think that happened to me twice. Not voluntarily, but I like the monsters in this. They are truly something special to behold. Like big gaping maw, uh, but that wasn't even the scariest monster that I came across. The invisible water monster. Oh, I thought you were going to say the friends we made along the way. No, I mean (laughs) yes. This podcast the biggest monster, but the invisible water water monster. Because the castle is broken up into different areas. After you complete the first area, you just come down into, like, the cellar, and there's water. And you're like, oh, flooding, whatever. But as you, like, take a couple of steps into the water, it became very apparent that something was chasing me. And it was, like, getting hit by a freight train. This monster just, like, wham, and you're like, what was that? And then you get hit again, and you're down. Yep, that's and it. It's then the hits. game will taunt you and say, "Hey, maybe stay out of the water." Like, mm. yes, <laughs> yep. That mine, mine definitely <laughs> said that. It definitely popped him. Like, stay out of the water. Run okay. faster. Like the game. Yeah, every the game gives you tips if you uh, die or if you fail along the way, but it's mean mm. about it. Yeah. No, it's it's unforgiving all the way around. Uh, that's that's part of the charm of it, though. The, the when it comes to the monsters. 
it got so bad for me that I would be so unsettled by the way they looked <laughs> that if I knew I was going to die, I would just make sure I was facing away and let it happen to me. <laughs> like, like you would physically turn I, away from the screen? I would turn away from the monster so I couldn't see him mauling me. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's This game, its atmospherics are something else. Like, like the... Now, one thing we need should know, too, gameplay-wise, is that the light source plays an important part. You have two tools to add light to your room. One is a torch, an oil-powered torch. Yep. And then the other are tinder boxes that you can light candles or lanterns, other things around the world. But it's all limited inventory, like limited stuff you can find. There's only so much replacement oil in the game. There's only so much uh, tinder boxes you can find scattered around. So you have to be really judicious about how you choose to use those, too. Yeah. One of the things I first warned you guys about, like, hey, don't try and use your lantern too much because... There's very few spots where you can get oil. And sometimes the best strategy was to run into a room, light a candle, and like hide there. Or try and find a candle that was in a big enough radius so that you could explore a room. Whenever I would get to an area with natural light, I would breathe a sigh of relief. Like, mm-hmm. amazing use of light and dark in this game. Because you never know what you're going to find in the darkness. And trying to explore every nook and cranny so that you can make it through, man, I I was surprised how many times I felt like I was in a dead run just looking for any type of place to hide and save myself. And that that's what this game did so well, is the unknowing uh, factor of what's going to be in this room, <laughs> am I going to immediately run back out? Or am I boned? And there's lots of also like jump scare, like not not jump scary kind of situations, but more like you hear the sound of the monster when there isn't one. Sometimes <sighs> yeah. you'll just like the whole place shake or you'll just like hear like a, like a scream and you're like, oh, crap. And then you like hide and then you like realize nothing is coming because you do hear the footsteps. So like you hear the footsteps if they're walking by or if you I don't know if you guys hit that point where. Uh, if they do like kind of catch you, they will bang down the door wherever mm-hmm. you're going. They can knock. They mm-hmm. can break the whole thing down. I thought I was safe. I thought by closing the door, I was going to be okay. No, it's not a thing. Like nope. The, the, they layer so many different distractions on top of you through this. Like there's obviously the sound of the monster's noise that sometimes it's triggered from completing a task. And it sort of makes you think they're going to start encountering you. Uh, other things I noted, too, were, depending on how much darkness you've been exposed to, there were sequences where I saw, like, cockroaches walking across the screen meant to, like, block your visuals. Uh, there were also rats and things stittering around places, too. It's They create just the right amount of distractions to be distracting <laughs> to where these monsters can sort of sneak up on you because you know, there were definitely times where I was like lost and I was getting tired of it so I start running yeah uh, just because my my uh, impatience outdid my uh, precaution <laughs> and you know y- you get to a point where you get caught off guard and you can book it but they follow you pretty decently like you have to find a real corner and try to pray they're not gonna walk across you 
I would kind of designate rooms. I said, this is my Heidi room now. Mm-hmm. And then like mm-hmm. kind of like explore the map a little bit until I found the exit. But uh, speaking of those cockroaches, uh, the reason, here's a fun fact, for the hissing cockroaches is because they could not figure out how to get spiders to skitter along the walls and make it look cool. Ah. So they settled on something that would look better, like on the floors. I like them on the screen. It gave me yeah, the, yeah. the feels of eternal darkness and the game actually actively messing with you. It's one of my favorite horror games of all time, and I'm glad that they were able to find something that... We're talking about a game that's 11 years old, but still doing something like that is, it makes it feel more terrifying. Is up until a certain point, I didn't encounter those cockroaches, and then it felt like, what happened to me that I'm getting swarmed? Or And especially uh, when you're like hiding, you're like in a hole, and you're like quiet and in the dark, and you hear the foot stomping, and then all you hear, you hear the foot stomping close by, and you're like holding your breath, and then... The next thing you know, you look and it's just like you hear him hissing and clattering all over you. And if you see him on the camera, you're like, oh, God, I can't move. Get it off. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's, there, a, there was, it's a real good. There was one of these goals. Fridays we played it and we just you got hit to a point where you were walking through these hallways. And the thing is, when you're walking, he just bumps up straight in your face. Like, you get very little chance if you're walking at a normal pace to try to evade. And that one time, I, I walked up. He was right in my face. I just, nope. I just turned the game off. Let's <laughs> 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 over Kelly. Let's, let's watch something instead. I can't do this. Wow. So you had, like, a full it, turn it off moment? Yeah. Yeah, and that's... I don't play too many scary games anymore. And it probably shows with us talking about this game. But uh, th- there is something about the, like, the sort of... Uh, dread that a good movie, good horror movie makes. You know, I, I'm not much of a slasher type movie. I want something that's more like psychological horror type stuff. And like the notebook. The things that. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Uh, like Ryan, the notebook. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Gosling is a uh, horror Why movie. Why would he genius. love her so much, Joel? That's terrifying. And he just wanted that notebook, right? <laughs> that's That's what that movie's about? <laughs> Darn, completely missed it. This is where this this is a weird way place that this podcast went. I did not expect us to get into Ryan Gosling in the Notebook. Well, it is the spooky episode, so. Hmm. Yeah, there's nothing scarier than true love. Uh huh. There we go. <laughs> the lengths that you'll go for true love, kind of like the main character in this game. He's going through some lengths. Now, um, that's a good segue into the story. Uh, of course, this being an episode about amnesia the dark descent we are going to get into the gritty details so i just want to make sure everybody's clear that there will be spoilers uh we're going to go through the story uh kind of beginning to end and uh let's get into it uh speaking of what you're willing to do uh our character uh wakes up in this castle with amnesia and explores and finds pages of his own diary that kind of hint towards a dark mystical nature uh getty hit me up with some of that story so you as alex explained your character kind of wakes up and is not really sure what's going on at this point you can just walk out of the castle and end the game however if i hope that the wait rest, is there is that a thing you can do you'll just have to try it and let me know <laughs> i'm gonna say no it that is was a door i tried it is if you don't do anything else if you go straight to the door you can just walk out 
Oh. Or I guess that's wow. one of the ways to end the game. <laughs> but I don't think that that's real. Don't don't ever do that. Like just just play the game. It's like the re- or make your own adventure and one of the things is like the first cop out you get and it's like, "Nah, try again." So, mm-hmm. uh you are trying to figure out what's going on. Uh there's blood stains on the floor and it, instinctively you have to go follow them. However, there's some gooey disgustingness that's blocking your path. So one of the first things you have to do is go find acid. And along that trip to find the acid is where you start to find these these pages of a, a journal or a diary. Uh, dating back to uh, your character's first interaction with uh, the main antagonist in the game. And this gentleman is the, the owner of the castle, from what we could surmise. And there's something sinister about him. Uh, and through the journey you find out about this magical orb that you came across uh, while you were doing some archaeological work. Gee golly. Uh, We should Hmm. record this at 7 a.m. instead of uh, so late. Uh, Then that would be me making the mistakes, not you. uh, Yeah, but you find out that there's this magical orb, and that is where more of the sinister nature comes from, is that this orb has some type of connection that can summon darkness from a, a different plane the the guy's trying to find this orb or use this orb to transcend into something uh let's let's just say that it's bad it's bad return to his home planet bad for everybody <laughs> it sounds like it's another dimension it seems like it's yeah, another dimension that, and uh, that, that that goes into the ending um but we'll eventually get to that um I know that I'm sure you guys did your best to find every single page from the journal. Um, there's two things that I wanted to bring up while we're talking about the journal. Okay. Uh, the first thing, not so much related, but did you guys locate the cylinders that were just located around the mansion at or the castle at different places? Yes. I don't know. I don't know about all of them, but I definitely grabbed the ones that I saw. What? So those give you some type of story beat, but not necessarily related to the overall plot. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I understood what was going on with them, or if anybody had time to do some research to figure out what the purpose of well, them was, but I felt like that was a story element that maybe required a little bit more legwork than just the normal story involvement. So I, I don't know 100%, but the, the language used, it sounds like a diary entry of somebody talking to, like, a, a beloved or loved one, mm-hmm. right? It, it's very much like a I, I'm missing you kind of thing. And, and as you get deeper in, the language used gets a little more, like, on edge and then teetering on madness and then sort of going over the deep end. Uh, so... I don't. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know how it intertwines with the main story, or if it has any real implications, or if it's just meant to be sort of like extra character detail of Daniel. I assume it's Daniel. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's Alexander. But it uh, it was interesting. Like it added a little extra piece of intrigue and mystery. Right. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't know that there's an actual connection. Yep. Hmm. Okay. And then just the journal entries. So I think, man, they they really added so much more to the story as your character 
learns about his past and the weird stuff that was going on, but also the way that they brought it more full circle. So if you go and run through the story, you can make it through. It's a relatively short game. We're talking about not more than five, six hours front to end. But yeah. searching for all of the journal entries made me feel like I understood more of what the character was going through and more of his descent into madness because it starts out with you know, him being a, a regular rational person and then towards the end like frantic trying to figure out what's going on but also taking steps into insanity and, and massacring people in order to figure out the, the meaning of this orb. Yeah, the, the the story is all told, basically, through those diary entries. There, there's very little actual dialogue happening. You say nothing. Uh, you hear Alexander's voice, who is the, the owner of this mansion castle thing. And then there's another character named Agrippa, which kind of looks like a person who is turning into one of those monsters, like midstream. Yeah, it very much seems up. that way. Yeah. But it's so weird. Uh, they just throw him in at the end. Like, I feel like we, <laughs> does. we could have had some more interaction with him or something leading towards him. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't recall if they mentioned Adrippa much in the diary entries before you meet him. But it was very much for me like, hey, oh, who the heck is this moment? And uh, he talks to you like he knows you yeah. <laughs> pretty well, too. Oh, yeah, buddy. Just so. cut off my head and throw it into the, the portal. Like, <laughs> it'll work great. I'm sorry. So, uh, uh, I okay. you. So, um, from the sounds of the research I did, the the cylinders that give you the flashbacks are the story of Alexander. Ah, who, okay. So you're getting who dual is the protagonist? There. Yeah, and from my understanding, he was an otherworldly being beforehand, and somehow mm. got banished to Earth, and is only wanting to go home. So some of those cylinders are him trying to talk talk to like send like a message to his 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 partner his loved one in the other world trying to get home hmm. and then kind of uses his time here on the planet on this dimension to try to get anywhere else with Agrippo, that was somebody who was under tutelage of another mystic and had learned to traverse to the other dimension so he, uh, Alexander, was using Agrippo's uh, teacher to try to get to the other dimension and was kind of holding Agrippo hostage. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, I did not gather that naturally. <laughs> yeah, so your character just happens to find an artifact to another, like another dimensional artifact. And Alexander's mm -hmm. like, hey, you, I, I see you got the thing. Let's, like, work on that together. Let's hang out. Let's do some stuff. I can teach you how to do some things. And along the way, he kind of teaches your main character to kind of torture people, to get uh, what they call a vitae uh, from people when they are in pain and fear. So by torturing people, they are able to extract vitae, which is part of the, the thing necessary one of, to get to another dimension. Yeah, there's something, we mentioned it before, called the darkness. And it's sort of like a force that was unleashed, I think, either out of one of these orbs or during some of the practicing they were doing yeah. and using the orbs. And 
as you watch the things unfold and read these things out, it's clear that what happens is that they use this Vitae method of torturing people and sort of gathering their life force to pay it to the, the darkness, but then it keeps on feeding and wanting to grow and feed more. And so you see more and more of these diaries where Daniel is like desensitized of what he's doing, talking about like at first he was being told by Alexander these were all like murderers, rapists, awful people, and they're going to get what they deserve. But at this point, oh, well, I don't even care anymore. This is what I have to do kind of uh, mental note. And it uh, there's just a lot going on in this story, actually. Like you think between the actual things that he's doing in it, the broader stuff about like what it means for this force to keep coming through to the end and sort of face this final battle weirdly enough you know it kind of feels like star wars (laughs) where like the the jedi the jedi and the sith the whole idea is that like there has to be a balance between the two so like as alexander keeps on like pumping up the energy from his end it's like the darkness wants to catch back up to compensate (laughs) yeah and that's where you get a lot of the demons that are following you or the invisible water monster. I think that that was kind of like, <laughs> I I did not interact with that thing. Really, I, I got I busted by awful. him once. I got busted by really? him once, and every every other it, time I was fine. It was invisible though. Yeah. So so how did it play out the death when it happened? Like how, what made it so impactful? It was just like he was punching you. Okay, yeah, but it was two hits. Hit you and then you were like hit staggered, you. and then he'd hit you again, and you were done. And uh, you couldn't actually see him. All you could see is his footsteps in the water. Hmm. Did you not go? You had to have gone into the flooded areas. I, I wait. The the one that was the. There were several. I was thinking. I was thinking about when it came to the. Uh, like the, the well. Su- the the in the, the in the sewer area. Yeah. There's one. That there. was, no, I. I Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I didn't think what it was. I, I didn't know if it was a shark character. I do remember that now. Yeah, though uh, it was the sewer and the room where you had to like. Well, I mean, there's different ways to solve a puzzle. In my case, I just grabbed boxes and I kept moving them in front of me so that I could make a path to not go in the water. Yep, that's what I did too. Oh, oh, I, I did a mix of jumping between boxes, taking risks of swimming a tad bit to get to another box. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you were to stay in there longer, it would have killed you. Yeah, I, I did learn. Yeah, I, I forgot about that sequence, which, I mean, that's a testament to, other than my bad memory, apparently, uh, how much more crazy it gets the farther you go in to the game between yeah. the story beats, uh, the areas you get into, because, like, some of the areas you get into are kind of freaky <laughs> at the uh-huh. end, too. Uh, Gory I mean, red flesh growing from the walls. Yes, yeah. And, you know, the... Most of the game takes place in these small, short corridor sequences, right? Yeah. Uh, the the structure is almost like that Windows ninety five screensaver where it would just like walk through the little maze there. But like, there are a few times that they expand out into larger rooms or bigger spaces, and it both becomes annoying and also like more unsettling <laughs> now that you're in these open spaces because. Like, when you're in the actual hallways, you have a short field of view that you need to keep track of. But then when you get to these broader spaces, it's like, okay, 
I can't just look forward and creep around corners. I now need to have like full awareness of my surroundings and figure out like where where's the threat coming from? How am I supposed to figure it out? And oh, there I died. Yeah. Now, now I just kind of want to get back to where, like the story beat here that we're getting to is that uh, after your uh, after a while of uh, being under Alexander's tutelage, uh, your character Daniel finally kind of like snaps out of it just kind of wakes up in the middle of after he had just murdered a man to kind of realize that he is a very very awful person he is just (laughs) truly deplorable at this point he is a murderer he has tortured he has maimed he's done everything and he does he was always told that they were horrible people he was doing this too but at at, but by the end he was just like i don't know who this is and i don't care i've just got to do what i got to do uh because uh I'm part of this mystical world now with dark creatures that I'm trying to hide off, but also trying to f- expand my mind with these orbs. And uh, once he kind of wakes up into that realization of what he's become, he purposely uh, just, it almost kind of reminds me of um, Memento where he just kind of writes himself a note and says, kill Alexander. <laughs> like he, he, he makes himself, he takes a tonic that removes all of his memory except for his name. And he leaves a note that says, kill Alexander. Don't worry. Why? It's the right thing to do. And you just kind of go explore the world. And then you find out all your history. And that's kind of, which I, I'm not entirely sure that that's the right solution to give yourself willing amnesia and then just leave a note that just says, go murder. But I guess that's a good idea. I, it's, it's an I mean, idea. That's what I did. So, it's an idea. I'm so glad for we're on sure. a Skype call right now instead of person. <laughs> yeah, and it, and in the end, you you find you go after uh, Alexander, and you either stop him or you don't, uh, using several different methods. And you can just let him continue uh, use his ritual to leave if you if you choose. So in the end, the reason why the castle is turning into like weird bloody red flesh everywhere is because he's slowly performing a ritual that will send him home. And with that, you can choose to either stop him or let him happen. Let it happen. Or third option, uh, which is throw the head into the gateway. Yep. Well, that destroy <laughs> that stops him. That right. De- that definitely stops. Yeah, him. It's, it's left unclear what happens to you two in that. So like the, and there's a whole like side task you have to do to do that. You have to, get the components to make that potion that allows you to cut his head off uh, without killing him. So he turns into that uh, guy from God of War. Agrippo. That Kratos carried around. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then you get to the end boss area, and there's like three pillars sitting there. Yep. And when he starts up his engines, it's basically like uh, lightning sort of shooting out from him to these pillars to open the portal. And that's where you throw the head in the portal. Uh, then what happens is that he moans about, you know, what have you done? The darkness comes for him. You sort of get hit to the ground, and it's left inconclusive on whether or not you died. But then there's, like, a weird come-to-the-light moment. Like, if it goes to black, and then there's sort of, like, a pitch light in the distance, and you're slowly going towards it, and it's a grip of talking to someone else. Which about- might be his might be his teacher. I mean that's okay. that's the ending that Joel got by throwing the head into the right. Yeah, mine. Uh, I mine. I they said that you woke up and you were fine. Yeah, you walked out. 
of the place afterwards. Out. I also did the same as Alex. We probably could have coordinated and I could have gotten the bad I, I should have just like I should have just like let it like happen and then see what happened. He like I think he just leaves. Well, I did I think all of the you. steps to get the ending to throw the head in. I had the head in my possession. I walked into the room, walked straight into the pillar, one of the pillars, and it fell over and I was like, "Well, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> so uh, what? I wasn't abundantly clear uh, what I was supposed to do, but by knocking that pillar over, I made a decision for myself. So, See, that's how I ended up with the head option, because I, I was close to getting that side option available anyway by the time I figured out or heard that there was a good and bad ending. So I looked it up, and I was like, well... All I have to do now, I've got the ingredients. I just need to go into the laboratory because there's a part where oh man, the <laughs> this is great. You you get captured and thrown into a cell. Okay, so right. This is well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that moment. One gripe, one gripe with the game. It's the moment that you yeah, you're... think that if the monsters attack you, you're gonna die. Okay, it's mm-hmm. been like that the entire game. It's a it's a, it's a plot twist where you walk into a room and like seven monsters jump you. Yep. <laughs> Nothing you can do about it. You like walk into the room and they're like, "Hey, buddy!" Like pounding their fists on their hands. Like, you ready for this? Like, nope, not ready for this. Nope. <laughs> Beat down city. So you didn't like that moment? I like I like that twist. There's a you know there's a lot of like um a lot of people who uh, who haven't played like Souls games don't realize that there is like generally have a moment like that where. It's just you're like playing the Souls game for like 15 hours. You turn a corner and all of a sudden one enemy just like kidnaps you, mm-hmm. and like throws you in your cell, and you're like, "Wait, what the hell just happened? That's never happened in this game before." 15 hours in, and uh, like a lot of those kind of have those moments. So I thought it was like a neat twist that all of a sudden, like, "Oh, okay, this is like it just turned the normal thing on its head." I, I don't have any problem that they kidnap me. I just scared the cra- scared the poop out of you. I know that I death. <laughs> versus permadeath you know that kind of thing so yeah mm-hmm. when they mugged me i was like well i guess it's uh game over like maybe there's a way around it and then i wake up and i'm like oh we're doing that now okay <laughs> how did you get out of the cell i still had my chisel oh okay um yeah. what about you joel same see i uh there's a piece of the cell uh gate the, the that bar you could wiggle pull yeah. off Put it in the wall, and yank a yank a brick out. Mm. Oh wait, that that is how I did it. But I thought I used the chisel in that area too. I, I might have started using the chisel and then abandoned it and found the. You had to use the. I believe you had to use the chisel multiple times, or you could use the pipe. I I know that I grabbed the pipe and then I was like, "What am I doing with this?" And then I just used the chisel. <laughs> I like went around and I saw that one of the spots you could chisel. Yeah. Oh. Oh, it was terrible. I I ran around the whole thing just like trying to click everything I could find before yeah, I that wall. Yeah, wasn't abundantly clear. I, there's a way yeah, mo- to like the I I kind of read another way that was like, "Oh, you know, if you like hop over here, jump through here, you can kind of like squeeze through." And I was like, "Oh, weird." I, I thought about that. I tried to yeah. I was like, "Maybe I can reposition the bed." And then I was like, "Nah. That seems too ridiculous." There is a way to do that. That does that is work. And that, it's like the key uh, the key that you had to find to escape, there was like another way to do that as well. Hmm. Besides Where you could just... take the pipe and feed it through the other pipe and get the key out that way. Okay. As opposed to rushing, using water, which is a very common... That's what I liked about the game is that there were 
a couple there wasn't that many puzzles but the when they did have a puzzle it felt interesting that there were multiple solutions generally oh man those puzzles yeah I had some good times with those puzzles. There was one where you need like a vaccine and you had to like put a hole in a corpse's mm-hmm. head and then stab yourself with it. And that one took me a long time to figure out. So so what's the most memorable puzzle? That one all? for me because I was stuck on it. <laughs> uh, probably the one to activate the elevator because it had so many pieces to it. It was like, okay, go into this room, match Get the, the gears, match the the weights the weights in this room okay now go to this one all right now figure this part out or uh you know what nope it was the one with the uh in the sewer where the blade the fan blade was going oh yeah Mm -hmm. and it it was like all right try and figure out how to get through there like "Mm, i feel like i shouldn't take a running uh attempt at this so you go into the other room And the reason why I like this one so much is because you mess around with the pieces to adjust the fan speed, but it you can do it so that it makes this god awful sound like a monster is gonna like jump out and attack you. <laughs> and I thought the whole time I was playing with it, like I'm making way too much noise. Mm-hmm. That was horrifying. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, that area, the escape is a room with a monster that's just like patrolling. Yeah, he was and, a dick. like. I threw a rock, uh, and then he he went towards the rock, but then turned and just saw me instantly. Yep. And then it kind of became like a run. Kind of became like a Laurel on Hardy Three Stooges bit, where like <laughs> I went around the, uh, the circle, he went around the other way and met me, and then I turned around and went the other way, and it just kind of went like a back and forth. Might as well have wackety sax playing. Yep. <laughs> but I did make it out alive, so that's I'll say all that matters. All right, uh, so that's the story of Amnesia. Now. What did you think of your own experiences? Because I, we had kind of, we, we were kind of throwing ideas. Why don't we all play Dead Space again? Why don't we, you know, what do we throw out this, that? And we're just kind of tossing ideas. And then Amnesia came up as a game that we all have, but have never played. And I didn't realize how old this game was. It is not graphically intensive. It's not graphically like very pretty at all it's very it's still very boxy it still kind of looks a little like half-life but i thought the 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 fear and the unsettled the unsettling moments were effective they're very effective uh what do you guys think uh joel so uh i'll I'll preface this with uh i played on the nintendo switch big mistake this uh (laughs) the series was on sale for like two bucks and I, i think i learned why um so, generally speaking, it worked fine on Switch. I made the dumb decision, first of all, to try to play handheld. Nope. Which, like, I'm getting to a point where there are certain games that just don't play well on handheld anyway, or you lose out on some of the experience. And I was just having trouble seeing, so I switched the TV. Well, and hey, 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 funny enough, if it doesn't play well on handheld, I don't play it. Because I never dock it. I never dock it. <laughs> so, it's it's become that way for me, where I'm like, I'm going to play this on the TV. No. Never gonna mm. do it. Yeah, right, continue. <laughs> it, it, I'm. I guess I'm the hybrid here, you know. Um, but I did it hooked on the TV, and it's working fine there. I don't. I don't know that there's an appreciable graphical difference between a PC unless you're playing like ultra high settings. Yeah. And on Switch. Um, Again, 2010. But yeah, right. Uh, but a few weird things happened. One, there was a section where 
there's a staircase heading down, like an L-shaped staircase down, and then there's like the sections where you have to collect the items and do the small puzzles and stuff. Uh, the staircase never appeared. Weird. So it was just a balcony that you jump. I had to jump off, and I didn't think anything of it, because I wasn't aware there was supposed to be a staircase. I do all the puzzles, and then realize, like, wait, how am I supposed to get out of here? And so I'm picking up the walls for, like, an hour, trying to just see, like, there has to be some secret thing I didn't check. There's even, like, a, a section of the area where there was a hole that looked like a tunnel going up mm-hmm. with some rock formations above. I tried to, like, stack boxes and jump up there because I thought maybe, like, that's my escape patch. And it was one of those times I had to just give up and I was just like, I need a walkthrough. And I find out there's supposed to be a staircase there. So what do I do to have to get out? Well, I, I stacked every single box I can find and sort of just, like, make the world's most dangerous staircase and get out that way. No crate challenge. Out. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, there are, no. um, I think, maybe in that area. I just know for a fact there is an area that if you do stack boxes and get up, there is like a uh, like a little sign from the developers that says, like, you had to climb this, didn't you? <laughs> Shout out to Fun with Guru, uh, the mm. YouTube channel for that Easter egg. Getty, what about your experience? I played on the PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. I didn't run into any of the issues that Joel did. I can definitely tell you that it was smooth. I wasn't sure what to think about the uh, the first couple of times when I got stuck in the dark and then I would move around and the blurriness. Um, mm-hmm. That was disorienting, to be sure. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I think I had a pretty pleasant experience as far as horror games go. I, I did scare myself a few times coming across the monster uh tried to play at night overall you know normally when we all get together and we play the same game we try and assign a like a letter score or grade it overall i i had a good time with this it wasn't overly difficult it wasn't overly scary it was kind of middle of the road so could it have been better yeah Maybe, but overall, like a solid game for having a like eleven years old being being around for older than both of Joel's kids and yeah, <laughs> I yeah I do love like the fact that it has it what it I didn't realize that it was eleven years old because I do I have in cert- certain circles it is considered a classic yeah. I can see one of those that. classic horrors, like Outlast. Mm-hmm. Outlast is one of them that's like the same similar genre, and uh, I'm glad that we made a decision to play this one. I think at, I think like two days after we had picked it, we'd each played like an hour and a half. I was like, do we want to do we want to do another game? Like I think I have another game, <laughs> and we're just like, no, we're sticking with Amnesia, and I'm I'm glad we did. I feel like it was a. I was like 90 percent done with the game when you said that. You were like, <laughs> oh, yeah. guys, I'm like 45 minutes in, and I'm like, dude, I'm. Like fifth area in, I'm almost done with this game, and you're like, you played it like you, yeah, you fine. played it for like nine hours in a day. You practically beat it in a single sitting. No, I, I did it is. in three sittings, and it's it's nice the way that the game is set up, so that when you go to another area, it does do like auto saves at this point. Yeah, but it's pretty generous. It didn't feel like any part was too long. Some of them were a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but you could easily do like one or two areas set the controller down get up go do something like, else yeah and like 
in like tw- 15, 20 minutes. It's not unmanageable. Like yeah. area. Unless you get lost. In which case, you're going to go crazy. Yeah, it goes for a long time. <laughs> uh, now, uh, oh, <laughs> I didn't like the puzzle where you just had to stack a box, look up, and move a gear. Just want to say that one. <laughs> yeah, one, one last note from me here. Uh, I It was to its credit for me that it was aged graphics. Um, it being a game from 2010, obviously, like you said, it's, it's more Half-Life 2 than Crisis. But uh, because of my tapering off from horror games, when I see more current stuff, it makes me uh, a bit squeamish, which, you know, it's, it's a mixture of... I guess me getting older plus me being out of touch with the the series and, and the genre. Uh, but it being lower graphics, uh, a bit more tension focused for its stairs, it helped me be able to get through this a lot without having a lot of those really bad moments that would have turned You know, like from it. So, the main character having to cut off his left hand. Yes. Yeah. That's what's You should definitely play RE7 <laughs> and 8 definitely I, I played about i played about an hour of seven i got the gist of it <laughs> oh it just gets <laughs> worse from there <laughs> okay i need a final number from you guys not a score how many deaths oh man i didn't keep track of that i think it was four mm. joel much more than four wow probably closer to like 15 or 20 <laughs> i was three nice that um, was three I didn't know we were keeping track of that. Yeah, I thought it would be fun. Uh, now, uh, what is your overall final opinion? To give me one or two sentences. If someone were to say, what do you think of Amnesia Dark Descent? Go, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it, it is the perfect kind of suspense and tension-based horror with a tad bit of uh, monster mayhem. And I think the environmental storytelling, or at least the storytelling through the little bits of diary, it really is like the perfect representation of that type of game. Uh, I, I'm not usually one to love the whole, like, you have to read the diaries or the, the ship logs or stuff that did the full story. And I think the reason why for a lot of those is because they try to have the in-game dialogue and then tell you also you have to read this stuff. The way that it lays it bare that you're not going to be told anything unless you find this stuff, it makes a really interesting experience because, like, you have to really internalize and interpret, like, what's being said with the state of mind, too. And it's, it, it's this game's good, guys. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Getty, what's your final thoughts? I was going to go for more of, like, a tagline now that Joel, like, ran with it. So I will say it's a frightening experience to lose yourself in or maybe uh, a frightening experience to forget about yourself in there that, go. that's a little bit better uh, my thoughts are it's a classic for a reason there that's what i have to say uh i do have one uh last final fun fact for you guys uh, originally the game used to include guns Sanity potions, mostly plant creatures, and Jesus. You saying Jesus? Uh, yes, they had uh, historical figures in it, including Jesus. That was a plan. I'm sure that there was probably a good reason, but I 
I don't think that the game needed sanity potions, guns, or plant monsters. Or Jesus. Or Jesus. <laughs> I, I mean, everyone needs y'all Jesus. Y'all need Jesus. <laughs> y'all need Jesus. I think that's a, a famous quote. But yeah, this game, for not having any of those elements, I think it's all the better for it. Yeah, they the way it kind of uh, the way I kind of read it was that uh, it it the monsters lose their punch when you can just hit them with bullets. Yeah. So anybody going to continue with the series Amnesia: A Machine for Pigs or Amnesia Rebirth, which actually just recently came out? Any thoughts? I've considered it, but I need a break. Okay. <laughs> Getty. I mean, a little goes a long way in the series for me. Um. I don't know if I'll jump in just yet. I think the version that I got is Rebirth, so it came with three games, the base game and two additional ones, but I I have so many other games that I need to finish. So Gotcha. Soon. I think I'll do it. And, oh, I, I did forget two other like pieces of uh, facts for you. The game has a Justine mode, which is just a, it's almost like a an escape room kind of puzzle-y game mini game that's in there that uh has varying ending depending on people you uh save and uh it also has a very robust level editor for people to make their own kind of versions of this game hmm. weird yeah amnesia has uh, a lot going on and with that i'm gonna say it is spooky season so everyone should curl up on the couch turn the lights down low and watch something a little spooky Get a little, get a little, a little scared, and also pay attention to November, where we will have our extra life. Check us out, November thirteenth, raising money for the Children's Miracle Network. We're hustling, we're bustling, and we will also be getting spooky. So, I'm gonna say Happy Halloween to everybody uh, from us at Super GG Radio. Uh, GG, Joel. Did you guys know that there's a Halloween movie starring Adam Sandler? Yes. I tried to make it's, Alex watch it this last week. I, it was borderline I might offensive. Watch that. It was borderline offensive. <laughs> it's not great. GG Getty. Oh, yeah. Happy Halloween. Ooh, GG. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Since it's a little bit more freeform, uh, it should be a pretty easy edit, Joel. You just got to put whatever music we put last year, which I don't know. <laughs> you're you're fading in and find, out with that. Uh, find with your that spookiest background. music and just throw it on there. Spookiest I, uh, free, you know, I, freeware music. I, I might just find the Amnesia OST and splice some of that in. If you want, I can just go ooh and like get some chains I mean, and jangle them around, and you can turn that into a song, right? Don't tempt me. Oh, you guys ready? <laughs> that is more enticing than you might think. Yeah, do it. Ooh, 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 ooh.